You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. Hey, welcome everybody. It's Jamie Migdal, and I am your host for this episode of Pets Mean Business on the Pet Life Radio Network. It is a great radio network. In fact, I was just told by our producer, Mark Winter, who is fabulous, that apparently Google is now having some hosting of podcasts. And it's a big announcement that they've made recently. And then and apparently this radio network is, is now part of that whole Google world on the podcast. I know I sound completely ignorant around this. See, my industry is pets, not, not Google, not even podcasts. Even though I love being a podcast host, I just love when I hear that podcasts are being accepted kind of and being more integrated into the media and into um, kind of uh, pop culture, if you will. So anyway, that is totally off topic. My name is Jamie Megda. I said that already. I'm so happy to be here. I am this wonderful host of this wonderful radio show on this wonderful network. And what we do here, if you've been listening, then you already know this. But what we do is we talk to smart, inspiring, bold, vibrant, passionate people around what they've done in their life to build a life that allows them to work with animals, whether they're working with animals in a facility like a boarding and daycare facility, or they're running a shelter, or they've developed a product or they've developed some technology, whatever it is, these people, these guests have somehow found a way to marry the passion they have for animals or the animal industry with their with their careers or with their life or with their hobbies. There's some integration that's so meaningful and so, 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 so balanced. I mean, there's, I always feel like all of our guests have this beautiful balance between loving animals and committing their life to animals, but also recognizing that there is a business to that as well. And that's, I think, where people become very successful in the, in the area of the pet industry, which is a $60 billion industry, $60 billion. So people are spending $60 billion a year on taking care of their animals, which says so much for how we view animals and how important animals are in our life and just how just how those relationships are more than caregiver caretaker it's just it's um it teaches and it creates it's so much value animals add so much value to our lives and they teach us things and so the people who take care of those animals and the people that take care of the people who take care of those animals are so so vitally important so if you're sitting here right now wondering well this is all great interesting Jamie people take care of animals and they make money and there's all these things people are doing what about me I love animals I'd like to work with animals. I, I love my dog. How do I how do I turn that into some sort of endeavor, career, what have you? Listen along. You'll hear lots of people who have been in that same place, including myself. I love animals. How do I make that my life? And if you listen and you open yourself up to it, I promise, I promise, I promise, I promise, you will get some inspiration from from any number of our guests, including our guest today, who I'm really excited to have on. He's just a He's cool. In fact, I just got done listening to one of his, he does a video every day. And I just watched his video on YouTube and I got inspired immediately because there's this really nice vulnerability that you'll hear when you, when you hear our interview. So that's, that's the whole thing about today is today we have a, we have a guest who is going to be very inspiring, just like the rest of our guests. Our guest today is is June Yoon. I can say that June Yoon, best name ever. And he goes by June the Groomer. And uh, I'll save all of my intro about him as I bring him on uh, after our break. But what you will quickly learn is that grooming is, I think, a fairly misunderstood vertical in the pet space. And today, June's going to talk us through some of the realities of grooming 
um, what drives people to become groomers. If you yourself have thought about becoming a groomer, I'll tell you, it's the one area of, of the pet space that I have never considered doing because I find it to be very, very challenging. I'm curious to hear more from June about that. So on that note, we're going to go to break. And when we come back, it's June, you and me, Jamie, and you, the listener, all together talking about dogs. All right, we'll be right back. People say less is more. At Red Barn, we think less is better. It's what you won't find that sets our natural premium pet food apart. No byproducts, no corn or soy, no fillers. Just the natural ingredients your pets need to live the healthy life they deserve. Look at the label. We want you to. Red Barn Naturals Pet Food. Simply the best. Find it in your local pet specialty store. Try our chicken rolled food as a meal or shred it as a topper. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Okay, I promised you I had June Yoon, June the Groomer here, and here he is. Hey, June, welcome to Pets Mean Business. Hi, how are you? Oh my gosh, you're so awesome. I just, like I said, I was saying before the break that I listened, I watched this morning, I watched your show this morning, your, your video this morning, and your video was titled, I think it was, I love you guys. Was yeah. That what it, was? <laughs> yeah. I, it just, so June, you have a YouTube channel, correct? Yes. And are, how often are you recording stuff or how often are you posting stuff on that YouTube channel? You know, it's not consistent. It's just, uh, and I've been meaning to do more. Like people have been asking, like how to do round heads, square heads, you know, round ears. So I've been, I've been wanting to, but because I'm starting a new department here, I'm pretty much by myself, and so it's really hard to try to video and you know, and actually groom and get everything done in a timely manner. So hopefully, as we get more staff, you know, maybe I'll have somebody record while I'm grooming and. So, but honestly, just whenever, whenever inspiration hits and whenever I get a minute, <laughs> you know, but hopefully I'll get more consistent with that so that people can actually expect you know, videos every week or every day. Well, you know, the, the reality is that you're a busy guy and you've got a lot going on and you're also not just grooming dogs, but from what I know about you and what we'll share with everybody else is that you're not just grooming dogs to groom dogs, but you're also looking at ways to improve the industry and to have a real voice in the industry and to be a real advocate for groomers, for the dogs that groomers groom and for just the art at large. And, you know, I think that I've met a lot of groomers over the years. When I met you, uh, June and I met, we met at Super Zoo in Las Vegas this past July, July of 2015. You know, again, I meet a lot of people, you know, everyone has great, there's always great conversations to be had, but it's very rare that I would meet someone for one minute and say, I think I want to have you on my podcast because you just exude passion. And in fact, in the pre-interview materials that we send out and that we ask for, you know, to get back from our guests so we can prepare for the interview, there's a line in yours that just simply says, and I want to read this word for word. This is what you wrote for us just to know about you. You wrote, and I quote, grooming is my passion. I am so grateful to be able to do what I love and share my passion with the world. That's the whole, I mean, that's life, man. (laughs) That is life. (laughs) You are doing it. How did you figure that out? Can you tell us how you figured that you got to a place where you can say that sentence and have it really just resonate with yourself and with the people around you? What, tell us about your life. How did you get here? 
Well, you know, the funny thing is, I, I've i always loved dogs. I, I would, you know, go into my friends' houses and sleep with their dogs, you know, like, not that that's, I know that that sounds creepy, <laughs> but uh, I've always loved dogs. Even as a kid, I mean, my next door neighbor had a big Samoyed bear. He was my best friend. He was pretty much my only friend. And I would walk around in the woods with them. And I was actually selling cars at the time I found out about dog grooming. And I was talking to a couple who were looking at a vehicle to transport dogs in. And on the credit application, you asked for their job, what do they do? And I asked them what they did. And they said they're dog groomers. And I laughed. I said, seriously, what do you do? (laughs) (laughs) And they were like, seriously, we're dog groomers. And I I asked them, like, is that a real, is that a real job? And they were like, not only is it a real job, there's real money in it. Mm-hmm. And I really, I really didn't care about the money. Even selling cars, I was selling cars to try to help people. I actually had no passion for cars. I don't really care about cars. <laughs> um, and people would ask me, like, how many horsepower, the torque? I'm like, I don't care. I'm here to help you get a good deal. You know, like, I've always just wanted to help people. And so, anyways, when they told me about dog grooming, I just closed the folder and we just talked about dog grooming and how to get into it, how to get involved. And what I found out was that they actually told me now is the time to get into it because there's no regulation. You don't have to go to school. Mm-hmm. No certification is required. You can just pretty much buy the tools, have someone teach you, and get into it. And that horrified me. <laughs> that didn't excite me at all. That actually made me feel like, oh my goodness. Like, you know, nobody really knows that about the dog industry, but I, so I called around and I actually got a job working as a bather for free for an entire week just so I can get involved in the dog business. June, you said um, as a bather? Yes, I started as a bather. So that's what they told me to do. Mm-hmm. They told me since there's not really any reputable schools in Atlanta mm-hmm. um, to just find a place that would hire me on as a bather and work my way up. And so that's what I did. And uh, yeah, some of the things that I saw just really bothered me. And I think a lot of groomers who are listening to this probably can relate, especially the ones who are newer or maybe have started grooming and quit. There's a lot of things that make people who really love dogs uh, very uncomfortable mm-hmm. in, in the dog grooming. And that's just the reality. I'm not. I'm not trying to make anyone sound bad. It's just. It's just the reality of the of the industry. Real quickly, remind me what year? What year was this? Your entry to the to learning about this um, vertical of grooming. When, when was the car dealership? Yes, that was around two thousand and nine. Okay, so, Sorry, I'm just trying to get a good yeah. timeline. Yeah, because you're right. I mean, this is all a very relevant conversation. By the way, I hadn't even planned to be going down this road with you right now, but this is a very <laughs> relevant conversation. Please continue. So you went and got a job as a bather. Yes, and then I, you know, I, I did. I actually quit there twice. <laughs> the second time, they actually finally let me go. But uh, yeah, I just it, it, the thing is, uh, when we when we look at group, when we think about grooming, most people think it's just washing and clipping a dog. Mm-hmm. And actually, grooming is something very intimate. If you watch dogs groom each other or groom themselves, beavers, uh, prairie dogs, monkeys, any animal species, grooming is. Uh, such a vital part, and they spend hours every day doing it because it, um, for uh, for example, if a duck or a beaver didn't spend hours spreading those oils all throughout their body, they would freeze to death. But nobody looks at a beaver grooming himself for hours and says, look how vain he is. You know, it's not about vanity. It's about health. It's about hygiene. And also, the way we approach grooming, let's just say we have a pack of dogs. They're laying around. They're just relaxing out in the wild. A dog that they don't know, a strange dog, comes into their group and starts grooming one of them, you know, that would actually cause a fight. That pack may even kill that dog being so disrespectful. But we never really think about that. And we just take the dog from the owner, put them in a kennel, put them on the table, and just start grooming them without ever 
mm. establishing any sort of rapport. And so mm. I think that's where a lot of uh, the behaviors, a lot of accidents happen. A lot of um, dogs, they just don't behave or cooperate because we've never earned that trust. So my very first step whenever I groom a dog is I, I take them outside with me. I, or, you know, if, if they're old, there's all sorts of ways to build rapport, but and some dogs give up their trust very easily. Other dogs, it takes a little more effort to gain their trust. So that's my very first step. And sometimes I don't even groom a dog the first day I meet them because they're so terrified. You've had so many bad experiences that I just I just let them sit near me. Um, I just let them be, be around while I groom other dogs. They see that it's not a bad experience. And How are you being... How are you being, I mean, this is, you know, obviously I am, as you know or don't know, I'm a dog trainer and, you know, those are my roots in the industry. And so obviously everything you're saying to me right now resonates so strongly and deeply. Even if I weren't a dog trainer, it would be resonating because I think that what you're saying and how you're saying it is very, you know, it's just grounded in so much reality and science as well. But how are you, what problems do you have or challenges do you have? Because you hold, obviously, these are steadfast rules and theories and you are living by what you're saying. But that's not the bulk of the industry, right? That's not the bulk of, that's not something that owners recognize. I mean, forget about the industry and your colleagues. Owners, pet parents don't think about that. They think of, like you just said, I drop my dog off the groomer, I get a bath, trim the nails, express the anal glands, clean out the ears, send them home, they smell good, see you in six weeks. So how are you able, you know, what is the process for you knowing how you approach this and, and what your, where your passion lies? How do you reconcile that when you are facing, whether it be a pet parent or another groomer who just does not, is completely out of alignment with what you're saying? What happens to you and how do you, how do you get around that? I usually just, uh, you know, let, let the results, the proof is always in the pudding. Yep. For example, we had a Brazilian master at K9 Lifeline. He was in there for training for um, some behavioral issues. And I had to groom him. I had to give him a bath and do his nails and clean his ears. <laughs> a big Brazilian Mastiff. And these dogs are actually bred specifically to be human aggressive. So the first time we we did we did the groom, he was a mess. And we, we had one of the trainers um, helping me. He beat her up. I mean, he muzzle punched her. He was pawing at her. He ripped her glasses wow. off. Wow. Um, it was a mess. The second time, though, because we allowed him to do that, and I, you know, I just I try to always stay calm. And I don't allow myself to feel sorry for the dog because we can't help somebody if we feel sorry for them. I don't let myself get emotional one way or another because if we start to feel sorry and feel bad and feel sad, then as the dog continues the behavior, a lot of times it goes the opposite way. And then we go to the other side of the spectrum. We get angry and frustrated. And so I always try to just stay even right in the middle and just put myself in the mentality like of, of a nurse. And just this is just the procedure. This is just the patient. This is how they're acting. This is how we have to do it, you know. But because we also incorporated breaks and I walked with them outside, spent a lot of time with them, just letting them know that no matter what you do, I'm not going to be upset with you. And I always remind myself, this is his body that I'm messing with. <laughs> if anything, he should be frustrated, not me. Um, and so I just try to be respectful. But because we took the time, and this took about maybe four hours, because we incorporated so many breaks, and um, just really try to respect his feelings and honor the natural process. And the second time he came in, I didn't need any help. I filed his nails, trimmed it by myself, cleaned his beard, even brushed his teeth. <laughs> because he now trusted me, because I earned it, because I, I actually spent the time to show him that, I'm, I'm a trustworthy person, you know, that I am somebody that is uh, worthy of his trust. 
And by doing that, and that, that was just that one dog, you know, the second visit. But other dogs, sometimes it takes three or four visits. But And here's the thing. I don't blame any groomer that doesn't follow this process or take the time because, you know, I lost my retail space in Atlanta. And then I started doing house calls and making house calls to my clients. And that didn't really work out because of the drive time stuff and breakdown time. So then we found a home-based business, and that actually started to work because we were actually living in the space that we were doing business in, and our clients mm-hmm. were coming to us regularly. We actually found a process that was actually working. But as soon as we started to make a profit, my in-laws were both sick. And so my mother-in-law was in the hospital from multiple strokes. Her right side was paralyzed. My father-in-law is, you know, he has liver cirrhosis, diabetes, all kinds of issues. So... Sorry. They needed yeah. She was a caretaker for my father-in-law, my mother-in-law was. And now they're both in the hospital. Now they're both, nobody's able to take care of them. And they, we get the call in December of 2014. So last, just last year in December, we got the call. And how do you say, well, after three years of really struggling, I now have a profitable business and so I can't go to help. You know, I knew what we had to do. So we closed down the shop. We closed down our business. And I, I have clients in Atlanta still upset with me. Because <laughs> you're in U- but, you're no. in Utah right now, correct? You've moved to Utah. Yeah. So we moved to Phoenix. Yeah. And then and in Phoenix, we stayed there for about seven months. And my mother-in-law recovered. She had physical therapy. So once everything was okay there, I got this opportunity to come to Utah and work with Heather Beck. And it's almost a godsend. Like the universe really just has a way of uh, working things out, even when things don't seem like they're working out, mm-hmm. because. I have to admit that business is not my strong point. <laughs> you know, like, I really didn't care about making money. I really just want to make an impact. So I'm really happy that I'm here working with Heather because she allows me to do to focus on the art and just do the grooming, and she worries about the business part, about how to make a profit, how to charge for it. Because for some reason, I always felt like by charging more for what I do, somehow took away from the art, somehow took away from the passion. And I don't, you know, I'm still trying to get better at that and, and, and just, you know, just be comfortable with the fact that it's okay to make a profit. It's okay to make money uh, or to want to make money, you know. But, well, June, yeah. you're talking about something right now that I think comes up um, on a fairly common basis on the show, which is the concept of authenticity and how when um, you're working in a place where you're, when you're coming from a place that's authentic, that things do start to unfold and present themselves and in a way that you may not have even thought about it. So it's even beyond visualizing things. It's beyond conceptualizing things. It's about just being, you know, authenticity is about being present and it's about being honest and it's about being, you know, all of these, all of these kind of worldly, all these worldly features to a person's character. But everything I hear you say and everything I've experienced with you, which is meeting you in person, watching your YouTube videos, reading about your process and your theories around grooming, and then hearing you speak right now, the only thing that I keep coming to, and this isn't the first time I've said this to a guest because I do think we bring these guests, we're, we're drawn to these guests, is that you come from a place of complete and utter authenticity in everything you do. And I can't, I'm going to say this, and please, I hope that this I hope you don't take this the wrong way. I have to say this because it's in my mind. You seem to be an extraordinary person. And I think everyone's, well, you're welcome. And I say that, I don't, I say that not lightly. You seem to have this, I mean, everyone's got an extraordinary component to them, right? And some people have, you know, extraordinary things. And you seem to be a very, just a very impressive person spiritually and, and beyond. And so I guess my question is, is how in the world were you selling cars? I, you have, I, I, I mean, not, not just cars, right? That, 
That's not what I mean. But you just, yeah. you seem very evolved as a human being. And so it's, how old are you? I guess that's the question I want to get to. How well, old are I'm you? I'm 34. But I, and I tell people this a lot. I feel like I had to grow up quickly because um, when I was younger, my parents didn't speak a lot of English. And well, they okay. speak well, almost little, you know, zero to no English. And I remember when I was in third grade, I would have to call like the electric company, the gas company sometimes and explain to them that my parents don't speak English. So that's why I'm calling and they need so a little more So you've been caretaking. So you were, you were caretaking for your parents, kind of indirectly caretaking, but you've been a caregiver for, it sounds like your whole life. <laughs> I guess so. But yeah, I remember like in recess, you know, other kids in third grade are outside playing and here I am worried about the light bill. <laughs> you know, you were, so I worried remember, about the what? Wait, what were you worried about? Worried about the light bill because I, I you know, I would, I would oh, call the these light companies. Bill, the light bill, okay. Yeah, like how are my parents going to pay for this light bill? Because I just had a conversation with the lady at the electric company asking her for some more time to pay for this. My parents, you know, are... And you were in third... June, you were in third grade? Oh, yes. And oh, so, that's and, you know, as, a, as a child, I'm worried about the utilities. <laughs> While so other kids are outside you, playing, you grew up fast. I mean, you grew up fast, but it, you know, in grow. I mean, what you know? Let's let's do something. We're going long here in this first half of the interview because this is obviously I'm enjoying the hell out of this, and you're talking about <laughs> things. Let's take a break. Let's hear from our sponsors. When we come back, let's pick up right where we are because I, I feel I think that everyone's probably mesmerized by this and trying to just picture. I have a I have a four year old, right? She's not in third grade yet, but I have a four year old. I can't even begin to picture her having to have that level of responsibility at at an age of not what are you nine when you're in fourth grade. Let's talk about that when we get back. So everyone, hold on tight. I'm Jamie McDonald, host of Pets Mean Business on the Pet Life Radio Network. We're here with June Yoon, June the Groomer. We'll be back after these messages. Franklin is part beagle and part yellow lab. He was rescued in 2010 from the streets of Los Angeles. Somebody threw him out of a car and shattered his leg. He was malnourished and emaciated. He was also shedding excessively. The vet bills, the uh, prescriptions became increasingly expensive and he wasn't eating. That led me to look for other food sources for Franklin, including a raw dog food diet. I found the uh, the entire recipe, which incorporated raw meat, eggs, rice, Dinovite, and Lico Chops, his omega-3 supplement on Dinovite.com. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E.com. Now he's thriving. He's shedding much less. He never misses mealtime, and his coat is soft and shiny. like that you guys are focusing on rescue dogs. I think every rescue deserves at least 90 days of Dynovite. 859-428-1000. Start that little pet off right. Just go to Dynovite.com. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E.com. Begging to hear more of your favorite show? Full episodes of all our shows are available on demand. Go to PetLifeRadio.com to fetch our entire lineup of possum pet podcasts. Also, dig us up in iHeartRadio Talk and iTunes. Let's talk pets. Live and on demand only from Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Hey guys, we're back. 
So we were just talking before we went to break. I was commenting on, I was picking up on this thing with June that there's a deep authenticity, that he has a major capacity, it seems to me, for caregiving and compassion. And and now what we've learned here for June, because you've been so vulnerable in sharing this, is that June grew up as the primary English speaker in his household and had the responsibility from a very young age of being kind of the household caretaker and caregiver, so much so that when he was nine years old, he has a recollection of, you know, being out on the playground and everyone having a good time, you know, come down the slide and swinging on the swings and skidding knees and all these things that we do on the playground. And June was preoccupied with the fact and the idea that he wasn't sure how his parents were going to be able to be able to pay the electric bill. And so, you know, really interesting to hear how that experience and how those early childhood experiences for you have manifested in a way that have that you are truly, I don't know, it's always like nature and nurture, right? I mean, did, did that create this yeah. person you are today, right? I don't know, is that, is that, did that create this passionate, compassionate person that you are in your career today as a groomer? Or were you always destined to be that person? Or did you, are you just a caretaker and, and that's just how you were trained? What do you think? You know, I think maybe all of the above because I just remember as a as a young child, you know, I've always looked up to my mother's pastor. He would always come over and, you know, talk to us. And so I always wanted to be a pastor because I just thought that that was mm. how we help people. Okay. Okay. Um, so I even, I went to Christian um, Academy in high school and in order to help pay the tuition, I would go door to door and sell Christian books. If you could call it selling. I would give most of all. <laughs> I got in trouble because. All right. You know, so remind people, me never to hire you as my CFO. Okay. Got it. <laughs> Moving on. Yeah, okay. right. <laughs> and I would actually get in trouble because I would spend hours in a household sometimes and just pray with them and give them some books that might inspire them. And I wouldn't even charge. I would just, you know, just take it. Just promise you'll read it. And so I wasn't always a great salesman, but I just, I always looked at it as um, evangelism rather than going on selling. Uh, you know, I did well because I was sincere, I believe. And so I was able to, you know, help my parents pay the tuition for high school. And in my senior class yearbook, you'll see um, it, it asked for your secret ambition. And my secret ambition was to become like Billy Graham and, it, you know, help inspire the world. I thought I was going to be a pastor. So I even went to Bible college for a semester. But it just, I just didn't feel the calling. And I felt like, I felt like that was not something that you do just because you want to do it. You really have to be called. And I didn't feel the calling. I lost inspiration. And when I quit the Bible college, I lost a sense of purpose in life. And I, you know, my father has always been an auto body mechanic ever since I remember. And he's always had his own body shops. And so, and I would always help him give estimates to people. And I would see people unable to pay the repairs because they're paying such high monthly payments on their cars. And so I decided, since I know that this is a problem or you know an issue that people have, you know, have. I'm going to get into the car business and sell cars and make sure nobody gets into a bad deal. And wow. so that was my new mission. Rather than be a pastor, I was going to help people not get screwed. So you know, you don't have to deal with it. Hey, you know what? This is so illuminating because I have really seriously sitting here been wondering for the last half hour, how did this guy get to be a car salesman? Okay, so yeah. like, so you became a car salesman because you want to help people. Yes. Okay, you're so, you're so you're so cool. By the way, you are just you are good. You are such a good person. You are so good. You are good, uh, and you're and you're ambitious, and you're I mean you're good and you're ambitious, and you're wow. You're married too, correct? You're married. No, I mean yes, I'm married. Your my wife, wife is your so wife just as lovely as you. 
Yeah, she's actually she's as kind as I am, but she has a a better she has better business sense. She's smarter than me, pretty much. <laughs> Nothing wrong with <laughs> that. Education. Nothing wrong with that. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so, I mean, people didn't believe me, though. I mean, I would tell people at the, at the dealership while we're doing the deal, like, I would show them the invoice and say, this is the invoice, and I'll give it to you, you know, let's just give a deal at this price, because I still get a mini deal, or what do they call it, a mini deal? Like, no matter, even if the dealership loses money on the deal, they still give the salesman $150 commission. And when you do, they do unit bonuses. So when you sell eight cars or 10 cars, you get bonuses. So that's what I would go for is just the mini deals and try to get bonuses. And nobody would believe me. And I would tell them, like, seriously, I don't care about the car. You're asking me about uh, this and that, about the, the specifics of the car. I don't care. If you like the car, I like the car. I just want you to get a good deal, you know. And Do you think that really does exist? I mean, you obviously are... Um you know, you are a, a unique person in that way. But do you think that there are other people selling cars that have that same mindset and that same mentality? Uh, I believe so, right? I mean, because, so. um, you know, we all have, I think we all have this desire to help people. You know, sometimes fear causes us to act in certain ways. But, you know, I think that everybody has the capacity, the ability to be compassionate and want to help. I think everybody has a desire to help others. I mean, I may be wrong, but... <laughs> I think think you're talking about, I mean, you're talking about something that um, I always think about, which is core value. You know, what are any individual's core values? And so to think about, you know, I I go to a therapist, you know, because I think, you know, I have no problem saying that. I go to, I'm in therapy. I am totally in therapy. I go once a week to this fabulous therapist. His name is Bruce. He's awesome. And we talk about, I mean, it's incredible because we talk through like, we don't talk about, eh, my mom, my dad, eh. We don't talk about that at all. We talk about how, I mean, our, our whole kind of, all the work I do around that is about living your core values and how when you go off the path of living your core values, how that's where conflict comes in. And that's why people have trouble, right? They have trouble in their life because, or one of the reasons at least, is because when you're not living in this kind of authentic place of like really being in your core value space, that things start to feel out of alignment. And that's, again, where conflict comes up and you feel like you're just, you know, you get stuck, so to speak. And so the work that I do with my therapist is all about, like, how do I stay in my core value? And if I'm not in my core values, you know, what do I do to get back in alignment with that? And when I was out of my core value, what are the bad things that happened? How can I rectify those things? And so, by the way, I can't believe I'm actually sharing this, but this is cool. You're the See, you're the kind of guy that brings this out of other people. So you are that person who I you know uh-huh. I'm not surprised that I'm having this response to be able to be vulnerable with you because you're so authentic. Anyway, so it sounds like well, your core values. That's why your your podcast is growing because and getting so popular because you are authentic and you genuinely want to help people. And, oh, I do. Um, I, I do. But you do too. I mean, but this is the thing. Yes, I, I appreciate that. And that makes me so happy that you say that. I take that. I really can. I take that compliment. But you also, I mean, I think that because you have a set of core values and you're just, as you're going through your path in life, you're staying so clear with it. You're so clear with those and you're doing things that are in alignment with them. And so you're having all of this success. You know, you're having, you're having the success you're having and whether it's, honestly, and I'm going to say this, whether it ended up being dog grooming or it ended up being, you know, aeronautics, or aeron- what's the word I'm looking for? You know, whether it ends up being like that you're a, <laughs> you're a pilot or that you're a dog groomer or that you're an artist or that you're, that you're designing clothes, like whatever it is, I think that you're going to have a, a level of success that is unparalleled because of the fact that you're really clear about who you are. And also, I think that you are very bright and that you're very ambitious, so much so that I want to make sure we mention this because we're, and unfortunately, we're getting to the end of our time together. Then I say that truly, yeah. unfortunately, that you actually wrote a book and you developed, 
you developed a philosophy and a methodology around taking care of animals and grooming dogs. So you developed something called the Forific Way. And I know that um, I want to make sure we give people the information so they can go to their website. They can go to your website and they can learn more about the Forific Way. And you also wrote a book called The Art of Grooming. And that's not some small endeavor. (laughs) You're you're not just a That's the amazing thing is that I I never felt like I was uh, doing anything special or hard, you know, like, and that's what I actually started the YouTube channel just for my clients, just so they can, uh, if they wanted to, they could do it at home and they would understand, you know, what what it was. Not, well, after I moved out of Atlanta, you know, now my clients watch it, but none of my clients watched it. <laughs> none of my clients would watch my videos. And I always tell people, I'm the most surprised groomer you'll ever meet. I never thought, I, I remember telling my wife, like, yeah, I remember telling my wife, like, oh my God, honey, we got 20 subscribers. Did you believe that? And no, so now I'm it's on like your, almost so 7,000. I'm on your YouTube channel. You have 6,800, 6,844 subscribers to your YouTube channel. And you don't have just like a couple of views. You have like real views. I mean, you I, have, I'm I mean, here's a, you have for uh, a video that you did, uh, how to groom a grouchy shih tzu, 22,000 22 oh my god 228,000 views um yeah, i don't even know i don't even know what that would look like in in people like i don't even know like i'm i'm, I'm the most surprised groomer you'll ever meet when i wrote the book well, it's I, really, I wrote it just I it's impressive read it. it's very very impressive how to groom a hyper pit bull 30,000 views i mean this is some impressive stuff tips for shaving a matted coat 85,000 views the dog i couldn't groom the first time part one the prep work 130,000 views i mean you are it's, call yourself a a surprise groomer you are also a subscribed groomer um all right so here's what we're going to do because we do have to unfortunately okay. say goodbye i hate to have to bid you farewell but we do have to do that so let's just make sure we get and on on pets mean business um on the pet life radio network pets mean business website we will also list all of these addresses and places to find you your websites and your Facebook page and your Twitter page and your YouTube page. But just quickly, I want you to go ahead and just give the name of the website out. Please, won't you do that for me? Yes. The website is Forific Spa, and that's uh, F-U-R-R-I-F-I-C-S-P-A-W.com. And I okay. know that's a head scratcher. It's weird. It is. That was the name of our business in Atlanta. <laughs> and I still had the website. So I just figured, let's just turn it into a blog. That's fine. And so I, I that's, that's the blog, right? Yeah. First Spa is the blog. That's where you have all of your information yeah. out there. So but you work, blog, yeah. you work for a groomer in Utah. You work for Heather Beck, Canine Lifeline in Draper, Utah, correct? Yeah, and actually, she's a trainer. She's a dog trainer. So she doesn't do any grooming. Terrific. I love that you I love that you have a union between dog training and grooming. That's how it should be for sure. Well, you are terrific. I loved having you on the show. I loved having you. Uh, I love getting to know you more. I love I, I think that we have some, you know, offline, off air, you and I will need to have some conversations about uh, the pet industry and education and some things that I'm doing that I think have uh, will speak loudly to you. And I'd like to think of some ways that we can work together because you're, uh, you're on the cutting edge of, of what is truly happening to our industry and to the professionals within our industry and how it's wow. going to well, right impact. Right back at you. Right Thank back you. at you, Jamie. I, I'm really, I, I'm so excited to be a part of your show and I'm so glad that we met because you inspire me. Oh, that's so nice to hear. I really appreciate that. And that, that's what we're supposed to do for each other. We're supposed to take care of each other and inspire each other and, and just have it be a true ripple effect. It's really what life is. It's totally what life is. It is just a, yeah. it is a beautiful thing. So on that note, June, thank you so much. I really appreciate your thank time you. today. Thank you. Uh, thank you. No, thank you. No, thank you. We're thinking. <laughs> you're, <each other>. well, <laughs> you're, well, I'll think that. you're welcome. Uh, I had a great time. 
Thank you so much. June Yoon, June the Groomer, here on Pet Life Radio Network on Pets Mean Business. I'm Jamie Migdal. I'm your very proud host and have been so delighted to bring you this last 45 minutes as, a, I think, a, a gift to all of you that have had the chance now to listen to June and his messages and also just take from him and think about your own life. And uh, I think that there's a lot of inspiration to be had and a lot of lessons to be learned and a lot of just a lot of just being in the moment and just seeing where life leads you. That's, I think, for me, that's my takeaway today, and I want to pass that along to you, my listener. And uh, for Pet Life Radio Network, I'm Jamie Migdal. We'll see you next time. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. <laughs>